Okay. Hello again, everybody. What's up? So uh, we got an exciting uh, new, like, star-studded film to talk to you guys about. Another Netflix release. Yep. The year of Netflix when nothing else can get released, but Netflix is like, well, we got it. We got content for you. Just making it rain. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about the devil all the time. So, like the I said, this win? all the time. All, all the time. time. 24-7. Wow. 365. That's a lot of devil. And 366 when it's a leap year. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Mono devil. Yeah. So this film has Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, Robert Pattinson, Mia Wachowska, um, Riley Coe, tons of people. Sebastian Stan. Jason Clark's back. Shout out to Jason, Jason Clark. Clark. Yeah. Who is pretty good. He's pretty good in this. It's now, yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting. There's a lot of acting stuff to talk about with this mm -hmm. because there's a lot of act. So it's like a bunch of people from all over the place doing American Southern accents yep, and other regional accents. So that that'll be fun to talk about. Praise um, the Lord. Yeah. Pass the ammunition. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And, and um, I think we maybe briefly talked a little bit about this film last time, like what we had heard about it, there was sort of a mixed critical consensus about it. Um, and so, yeah, but like, at least from what I've seen, the people that I've sort of follow, there seems to be a generally pretty positive reaction mm -hmm. to it. Yeah. I think f f based on what I said last time, it flew in and met precisely those expectations. Like it didn't, it didn't go above or, or below it. Yeah. I think, I think I knew what to expect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right. Let's, I guess, get into the film. So, let's do it. This film, so it opens um, on this guy. He's is Willard Russell. He's like a former Marine, and he fought in sort of the Pacific battle. Yeah. Um, and they do this a really cool flashback where he saw this 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 other soldier, American soldier, get crucified, mm -hmm. and you know that like that was a really kind of i think visually striking scene like you see the guy and he's he's on he's like burned he was like yeah immolated or something and then they had yeah, yeah, yeah. crucified him there and then him and the other marines come and then willard yeah, to put him, shoots out him in the misery. head yeah they yeah. put him out of his misery um but yeah like again from the jump we're getting this right religious imagery and stuff yeah well before that i wanted to at least mention the way that this movie started I, I don't know what it is. I, I cannot put my finger on it. But from the very moment after all of the logos come up and all of the, the titles come up and it goes to a black screen for a few seconds. And in my heart of hearts, I was like, someone is going to open up with a narration. It's going yeah. to be voiceover narration. Mm -hmm. And then it was. And then it was like, oh, let me tell you the story. And I was like, okay. So this movie is just par for the course just all the way through this is going to be absolutely nothing special about this to me that's a personal thing so then within three minutes of that we're in a flashback within a flashback so yeah. i thought right off the bat it's like jesus christ like there's a lot to cover like this is based on a novel right so like yes. this movie has a lot of ground to cover because i was looking at this cast i was like how the hell like this, this is a pretty big cast like how are they going to distribute that and 
I mean, they did their best, honestly. So yeah, like by the time we even get to the to the cross, which is off the jump, we've already seen like the guy and his son, and they're going to pray and this and that. And then the narration yeah. is like, well, you can't, you know, when he goes to to pray in front of a cross, the only thing you can remember is the thing in the war. And then like, boom, we're in the war. Yeah. So like, yeah, there's yeah. layers to it. Yeah. Yeah, because they set up this idea that again, he lit that like they're they're part of a very religious society, but. Willard has these negative thoughts about like religion and praying in general because of what he experienced in the war. Mm-hmm. Like, so he automatically has this sort of um, skepticism, I guess you could say, where he's like, look, I've seen the worst shit imaginable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there was nothing stopping or saving me or other people from this. So at, at that point he's sort of skeptical and yeah, mm-hmm. the, but, but it's pointed out through the, but, the voiceover, which is like, I don't know, probably not the best. <laughs> well, that's what I thought too. I was like, oh, okay, so uh, this guy's like, di- like he's uh, disillusioned with religion, and then because the movie again has to cover so much ground, later on he's like all about religion, and he's like, you're going to pray, you're no, no, God damn it, you're going to pray, and it's like, yeah, just that we can talk about that later, but like, there's just so much happening with these characters that I feel like these characters don't like organically get to develop any of these things. We're just told like now he's doing this and now he's doing that. And now he was feeling this, you know? Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know, whatever. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. The voiceover is a very contentious point. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen a lot of people. I, I think I didn't hate it, but I would say that 90% of it was bad, was useless. I understand. Like. Yeah, I understand why it was there. And quick aside, I guess I uh, rewatched just for funsies. I guess uh, I rewatched David Lynch's Dune last week. And last time I had seen that was like you know fifteen years ago or whatever. Yeah, uh, I forgot how bad and how like over the top <laughs> the the voiceover was in that movie. But because for that movie, they made the movie and then the producers were like, what the fuck yeah. is going on? And yeah. so they were like, every time someone speaks, it's like, you know, you would get what that person is thinking in that moment. And this movie did that same. This movie did that. This movie was like, well, yeah. in this movie, she was thinking this and that. And then she was going to yeah. do this, but she decided to do this instead. So, like, that was like a weird parallel just in my own life. I was just like, well, these mm-hmm. movies are made 30, 40 years apart. and We're still using narration the same way. <laughs> This really reminds me of there's so this is probably one of the one of the most one of the greatest and funniest uses of voiceover narration was in the film adaptation. Mm-hmm. And, oh, know, yeah. We talked about Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. So his character goes to a seminar run by I believe it was Robert McKee, which is like one of the screenwriting gurus. And this fucking hilarious thing. He goes on a rant about how bad voiceover is. Mm-hmm. It's like, you could never use it ever. Yep. It is terrible. God help you if you use it in your movie. Yep. And the rest of the movie, there's no voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but the reason, but like, Charlie Kaufman is actually pretty good at doing voiceover um, in his films. It's But the problem is that, is, that is a like high level of difficulty type of thing to pull yeah, off. Exactly. It is very easy to do it wrong. Mm-hmm. And it is very hard to do it right, but yeah, when you do it right, it actually adds something. Like Apocalypse Now, like it's great. Um, I mean, every but, every Martin every Martin Scorsese movie ever. Yeah. you know, like there's ways well, to not, do it. Well, not, not all of them, but like, but, but yeah. like, yeah, Casino, Goodfellas, Goodfellas, yeah, The The Irishman, those are good. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting because those are also based on novels for the most part, and there's a lot to cover, but it doesn't feel like it's just not explicitly telling you what they're feeling because just because you haven't had time to like get to that point with the character like normally uh, most of the time. And but I understand it in this movie. Like I'm not trying to hate on it. I understand why it's there because there is so much to cover. There's like three or four decades of stuff yeah. that happens in this movie, and it's uh, just in that. It's again, it's the same length as Dune, uh, the uh, the David Lynch version, which is just to say it's like that standard of it's a little over two hours, and we can play it in movie theaters multiple times a day, kind of a thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that it it definitely it was sort of the voiceover used to shortcut stuff, right? Talk about people's emotions. Talk about um, I don't, motivations. Yeah, yeah, things like that. Yeah, get into their heads so that we understand. Like a lot of it was like, oh, this character is this, like immediately from the jump, and they <laughs> yeah. instead of us yeah. understanding it or like allowing it. Like, there's a lot of times when it's like I I understood that without right. you needing to say that in the narration. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't great. Uh, I th- but I think there was one part where it was really well used. But I don't know if that justifies having it the whole time. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, so that's, like, sort of the beginning of the film. And so um, he's uh, he, he's making this trip back, back home. And he stops at this uh, sort of diner. And, you know, he meets this waitress. He becomes infatuated with her. Um, and we can tell there's this sort of thing blossoming between them. And so in this, but also in this scene, uh, these other two people meet another waitress and what was this guy's name? Uh, Carl Henderson. Mm -hmm. So, um, the waitress meets Carl Henderson and that is the beginning of their relationship where they're going to basically get married as well. Mm -hmm. But the voiceover tells us that the two of them are becoming, going to become serial murderers. Right, yeah, which was a little jarring for me, having not known that that's where that was going. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was very jarring. That was a very yeah. interesting choice because there is sort of a payoff later where you have to ask, okay, would the would the would the late the payoff that happens later on would it be better if we didn't know or did know? You know why yeah. I think I think is because we don't well we don't get to see that transition. We we go straight from them meeting to them I think we don't see their first kill, do we? I think by I the believe, time I believe we do. Yes. It, it's uh it is the first person it, it is the the other pastor guy. But but yeah, okay, but we don't see but we don't see the like transformation of so. like how does he how does he get her to do this? What is so charismatic about this guy? Like we don't see we any, see none of that. Any of the like inner machinations of these people. We're just told right from the first time we see them, these are gonna be serial killers. You got yeah. that? Cool. We have to talk about this other story now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like the only reason that we're showing you this is because they're gonna get together and they're gonna kill people. Mm-hmm. And it's going to come around later because yeah. in this movie, everything comes around later. <laughs> right. Like by that, by that point, like you kind of know everyone's going to cross over because yes, we're meeting all these people for no reason. And you're like, there's got to be a reason, right? Yes, exactly. Um, I, one thing I did like about this scene, because I felt like, because this is sort of like almost like a Magnolia effect in the film. Um, it made me think a lot about the juxtaposition made me think that they're almost showing us, that a whole bunch of different things splinter from this moment. Like things could have played out differently 
um, where maybe uh, the guy Carl meets um, the person who who Willard was going to marry. Mm-hmm. And instead, that could have been a totally different thing. It could have changed almost everything about what happens in the story. Yeah. So I, I found that really interesting, the way that, at least for me, where I thought about all of these threads of these connections with everyone and how small changes could reverberate into totally different moments in the story. But it doesn't dwell on that for too long, that moment. It, it doesn't, but... I feel like that was one of the things that was done well was that, yeah, all of the, I feel like a lot of the themes of this, this film is like, you know, how these, how these different, basically there's a whole bunch of people and they sort of pass down these things to each other mm-hmm. to the, to, to either their kids or, or people within basically their community or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see these patterns and these familiar patterns where people are sort of playing out the same thing over and over. And it makes you think, like, if someone made a different choice, what would the effect have on the characters who are their descendants that we see later on in the film? At least that's what came into my mind. Sure, yeah. I, I didn't give it much thought at all because I was just trying to keep track of the plot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it just because, I, I mean, I, I don't mean to be negative on this movie, but it did nothing exceptionally creative to, to, to make my mind go in those directions. I was just kind of like... Okay, so this is gonna happen. Then this is gonna happen. Then this is gonna happen. And that was kind of my mindset throughout. But uh, in terms of like execution and things like that, obviously it it works very well um, in some parts. But um, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like you got a little more out of it, maybe overall. We'll we'll see as we go along. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um. But yeah, we'll get. To- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have to cover right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So he meets with the waitress, and we kind of know. Uh, they're going to get together and they're going to get married. Right. So he gets home to his, Willard gets home to his mother. And, um, and by the way, so Willard is played by, um, Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. One of the, one of the many Skarsgård. (laughs) One of the many, 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 um, just funny, quick aside. So he's had so many kids that in order to stop having kids, he had to have a vasectomy. Wait, really? Yeah. Are they Catholic? I don't know. I have no idea. But like, and it's not, it's like he, he's been married twice. And oh, with wow. each one, there's like f- at least three children, I think. That's so funny. So yeah, he, he, <laughs> he's like fucking Abraham, man. Like he <laughs> <laughs> has sired many and they're all pretty good actors. Right. They're yeah. all pretty fucking good. That's so weird. <laughs> and some of them are young. Some of them are still like teenagers. So there's more coming. <laughs> Christ. Wow, what a clan. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, <laughs> cool. I think at some point they'll all do a Lars von Trier film together or something. <laughs> I hope. So. And they'll like kill each other and like mutilate each oh other. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were daddy's favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So anyway, so yeah, so we got him, the Skarsgård boy. Um, mm-hmm. And so then he goes home to his mother and his mother had this so basically his mother is a religious person like many of the people in the film. She is like pestering him to go to church. And basically the, again, another thing that the narration tells us his mother wanted basically prayed to God that he would come back. And if he did, she would try to set him up with this person, Helen Hatton, who's played by Mia Wachowska Mm -hmm. as because so her Wachowska. Wachowska. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so her family had died in like a fire or something like a house fire. 
uh, and she was basically all alone um, and no one to really help her out. So as sort of, I guess, and she goes to the city, like Helen goes to the same church as them. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's some kind of, I don't know, something with God, uh, help out this other Christian. No, for, like, like yeah, that's really what it is. Again, I mean, people believe wrong. this stuff. People yeah. believe like, this is actually like how some people think in the world, it, which is, it, yeah. But it, it was one of those things, like her introduction was one of those things you were saying earlier about the voiceover where it was just like, I don't need to know this. Like the, the first time you see her face in the movie, I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. She's completely convinced, convicted and devoted to this way of life. It's it's all in the acting, I thought. Like, I don't need yeah. that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I Do we need to know that her family died in a fire? Yeah, right. That, I didn't that, remember that. I didn't. If, if you didn't tell me that just now, it would. Yeah. I, I it wouldn't have made a difference to me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. It sort of sticks out to me because then I understand the choices that she makes in a way. I feel like it adds certain context. It would be better if they relayed that to us in a way that is more emotionally impactful. Hearing someone say, her family died in a fire. Okay. Right. right. That does nothing for me. Um, But like, like seeing that or even again, she then there's some choices she makes that informs those choices. I think in a way that, sort of enriches it but there is a lot of tell don't show in this mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. and it's kind of like eh, you know yeah. it doesn't it doesn't really satisfy the cinematic needs that we have as an audience to get fulfilling like sort of emotional mm-hmm. moments mm-hmm. out yeah. of this stuff because like, i think that's important right it, it, and, it is but you know just just having someone tell us that doesn't really doesn't really do it unfortunately yeah um, so yeah, so, but Helen and, um, Willard, not going to be a thing. Helen becomes nope. infatuated with this evangelical preacher, Roy Lafferty. Yep. And we get the scene with Lafferty where him and his brother, who's like disabled, do this, you know, the typical evangelical stuff. I hate this. I hate this a lot because <laughs> I have a very, 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 like my family is a very religious family so i have that background obviously not backwoods yeehaw the lord will provide kind of a thing but in every movie ever made it is depicted the same exact way there's no nuance to it in any way shape or form the guy comes out and he's screaming the lord will deliver us and he's screaming like you're all gonna go to hell unless you repent like i get it and you have to make a strong <laughs> impact for that character because that is his character. Yeah. But I, again, I see it in every movie ever. That's not, you know, I guess. Like, I can't think of a movie off the top of my head that, like, gives an honest effort. It kind of, like, getting to the nuance of these people and what they believe and why they believe what they believe. Oh, you mean, it's like, the preacher character? The preacher characters in specific, sure. yeah. Like, I can't sure. think of anything, but this movie makes no such effort. This movie is just, like... The, that's the character and you're not going to question it kind of a thing. Uh, yeah. And it's fine, but it's like, it's, it's, it's a caricature is what I'm trying to get at. For me, yes, it's like, for sure. it's a, it's a total caricature and it, it, it just pissed me off more than it did anything. <laughs> like, because, because I, you're probably going to mention it, but, but the guy basically comes out and he's doing this routine and he's like, I'm yeah. afraid of spiders, ladies and gentlemen. And then, you know, he pulls out a jar of spiders. He's like, but the Lord, you know, if you, the Lord will get you through anything. And now he's cured me or whatever. And now I'm not afraid of spiders no more. And then he like dumps the jar of spiders mm-hmm. on his head, which comes back later. But again, like even that is like not shocking to me because I have seen that before in movies and people that are like this convicted about that kind of stuff. So like, 
to me, I was just like, like they could have cut that off, that scene off 15 seconds in, but I understand why they did it for the purpose of this movie and the, the characters. But like, I was just so bored by that kind sure, of representation yeah. that I just like, I was out. <laughs> yeah. I, so for me, what I guess I didn't mind about it was that I felt like they were, they were using this setup. Like this is the first time we've seen like what the religious sort of context they're trying to show us and create is. Mm-hmm. And I think what they're doing, like, there's a there's a lot of thematic stuff going on here. There's a lot of stuff with religion, and um, I don't know. I, I I'm trying to think of the best way to put it because so we'll get into it later. So Willard does not marry Helen. So hit Willard's mom wanted him to do that because she made a promise with God. Yeah, and in the end, to keep it in the keep it in the family kind of a thing. But also, but in the end, that he. He, he ends up marrying this woman, Charlotte, who he met at the diner. And that sort of leads to a fatalistic thing for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this, so that, that was, so her doing that was sort of like a, um, a genuine faithful thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think this movie, what it's trying to do is, is say there is, there is sort of a, a genuine faith thing there yeah sure yeah yeah there are people who have genuine faith yeah and then there's guys like roy lafferty and we're going to see some other preachers later on who are the frauds Mm -hmm. and they're not really able to they're either doing it they're trying to do it for some like we'll see what we'll talk about what roy is into and then there's there's the robert pattinson character and what he's into there's frauds well they're both frauds (laughs) but one of them knows that they're frauds and the other one doesn't that's the that's the thing. Like Roy, Roy does not know he's a fraud. As far as he's concerned, God'll fucking deliver him from anything. Yeah, I just I think that um, I don't think the movie shows us like a second where he cracks in his faith at all. Oh no, they do, they do. Yeah, there's there's a there's a moment where he does for sure. For Roy? Yeah, hundred percent. We'll talk Maybe about. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Um, but yeah, I think I think that they that's what they're trying to juxtapose. And so if you think about it in the end, when we come for full circle, um, there's a lot of people who make choices that sort of have a negative impact on themselves and a lot of society. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who didn't like, I, it's almost, I feel like they're sort of, I don't know if it's making the case or whatever, but if the mom had told him like, Hey, I, I made this thing with God and I need you to pay it forward because I think it's important. So you need to marry Helen. We could have been on a totally different path in this story. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that kind of connected with me. That made sense to me. And it mm-hmm. is sort of where they're trying to go. I think thematically with the religion in the film, because yeah, yeah definitely Roy is, Roy is a, he's a caricature. And so is the Robert Pattinson character. We'll get to later. He's sort of a caricature too, ish in a way. No, listen, all the, all the story mm-hmm. stuff that you're talking about is, is, is phenomenal. And I get it. And it's all, it's all in the story, but that's, probably all coming from the book. The only, the problems that I'm having this entire way (laughs) is the way that it's delivered through the film. And it Mm -hmm. didn't, it didn't do it for me because all the analysis that's in there, it's very valuable and very good. And I think it's, it's correct. You know, the people who are genuinely sticking to their faith and they believe like I made a pact with God, this and that keep everyone together. Like I get that it's powerful, but that's in the book. It's, I mean, and for the, for the movie, it's just kind of, I feel like it just glosses over so much. It does a little bit. It requires you to do that thinking and it doesn't 
it doesn't like really because it's just telling you the whole time mm -hmm. it's just plot details for the most part really even the voiceover narration it gives you some character stuff but for the most part it's just let's keep this moving let's keep this moving yeah and i don't i don't mind that it wants me to do the work but i think that it, the narrative doesn't it doesn't transpose us through the narrative well enough is the problem mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think it's, that's what yeah yeah it's sort of underselling the strong the strengths in a way exactly yeah um yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so yeah, Helen is infatuated with Roy and they get married. I, I believe, I believe they get married. Yeah. 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 Yes. Um, so Willard meets again with Charlotte, the, uh, the waitress mm -hmm. and the two of them get married and they have a child who's, uh, Arvin. Arvin. Yep. Arvin. Um, so then later we get this scene where Arvin's sort of, I don't know, eight, nine or something. And they're out, I think they were praying, and then some guys were like just fucking talking shit about Charlotte mm -hmm. or something like that, some like hunters or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then Willard goes with Arvin, they find these guys, and Willard fucking beats the shit out of both, just beats their asses. Mm -hmm. um, and that's going to come up later because, again, another thing that the voiceover tells us is that this is a very important moment for Arvin. It's, it's very... Yeah. It's so it's so ham-handed and ham-fisted yeah. or whatever you want to say, and it's fine. But it's also it was weird to me that the the narrator would tell us this is Arvin's favorite memory of, with his father is his best day of his fucking life, and then later that day, spoilers, his mom dies. Later yeah. that day, that same that day, day yeah. and I'm like, well, yeah, which she is, it? is this? A, yeah, is this the best day of his life, or is this the day that he found out his mom has cancer? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, I think again, I, I understand it was for the mm -hmm. father side. Yeah, I get it. But yeah, again, yeah, I yeah. Just... I think you could kind of make a case that saying it's important, but again, we don't. It comes up later, but we don't need to be we told don't need to know that yet. Yeah, yeah. But we don't. We don't need to be told. Like that's the thing. Yeah. We don't. We don't need to be told that it's important because yeah. we're going to see him again. Like I said, thematically, there are these people who are there. There's this, these familial things that they keep doing it just mm -hmm. generation after generation yeah the same yeah. behaviors are coming out and that's yeah. thematically what the film is about mm -hmm. and the voiceover is kind of bashing us over the head it's like yeah. I'm, a, I'm a human who has consumed a lot of story i can get it without being told right 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 yeah and it's almost better if you just get it and you're not told it because you know then you feel like okay i understand where the the artists are coming from i understand mm -hmm. what they're trying to communicate to me mm-hmm we're in sync, yeah. but this film kind of didn't do that, unfortunately. Yeah. But, um, and yeah, it's sort of underserved. What I think thematically really worked in the film. I think so. Personally. I think that's the best stuff that worked. The The cycle of violence thing, the whole family, you know, the, the this guy begets that guy who is the same guy. Like, I get it, yeah. Yeah, or these people who are related, who are, like we'll get, when we get to the sheriff, the sheriff is, the um the brother of this serial killer and what does that <laughs> does this sound confusing what does yet? that mean <laughs> it's because it is and it's because this movie god bless it does a very good job of getting us all of these details but you know by the time we get to our i guess what you could say is the protagonist it we're like an hour into this movie <laughs> i want to say well the actual like final protagonist his final form right yeah we, well, we meet him correct, as a kid, yeah. and the kid yeah. is like he's not the protagonist of that arc oh, of the story. story yeah that's willard's story basically um but yeah the arvin story yeah is like 
you know, this, this two thirds on basically. Yeah. It almost feels like they just a little, they bit off just a little too much with this story because I, I wish that they served the subtext a lot better than just trying to get through the details of this guy's related to this guy and that's the sheriff and he has a sister and this and that. And also remember the serial killers, they're there. So like, yeah, 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 yeah. And a lot like the serial code stuff, they're just kind of floating it. It's like, they told us about it. Yeah. And then, and again, like there's these, like this, the flashback stuff. It's like 12 years later, five years before that. And I'm like, what <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like, I swear to God, that's what they do in this movie. I'm like, where the fuck am I, dude? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it but all makes I, sense. It does. I think getting caught up in, because there are character threads, and as long as you're following the character thread, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, they, they do they do a lot of stuff that's very complicated, and yeah. Um, but when you follow the threads, you understand why they do it. Like, oh, we'll, we'll get to that point where there's a flashback, and then we see a very bad thing happen to someone um, because of a choice they made. And when you see we see two characters then come together because of that, and then in that moment you understand why they did it that way because you're like, oh, there's this person, and it's both of these like they come together because of these familial problems basically, like like both their parents had these messed up things, and then it brought these two people together. Um, yeah. So anyway, so Charlotte has cancer; she's dying. The doctors are like, she's not going to make it. So there's a moment actually before they go to beat those guys asses where she like she's like a very idyllic kind of woman for for this town, for this lifestyle, whatever. Uh, And she's just too sweet. And then there's a moment where she comes out. She's like, get me some sugar while you're out, you know. And I was like, this woman's dying. Uh, (laughs) It was so like obvious, like over the top, like the character stuff in this movie pisses me off it's just like holy shit dude i get it man <laughs> yeah 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 it could have just been me it's it's probably just me but the way that like she comes out and she has that big old smile and she's so sweet she's like get me some sugar like well clearly you can't make it out of this movie alive yeah, you're not you're making dead. it yeah you're dead you're 100 dead <laughs> yeah so uh willard decides to um go back to to praying to god and praying to god and begging god to spare her so he forces Arvin to pray in his very dramatic scene where they have like a cross in there. What was it? What was it that they called it? Like the praying um, oh, log or something yeah, like the that? Yeah, the praying log. Yeah. The prayer yeah, log, yeah. something yeah. like that. So they're sitting at this log praying and he's, he's like, pray, boy, pray. And he's slapping him. Yeah. Um, that would have been a powerful yeah. scene, I think, in a different movie. I mean, it is a powerful scene here. It is. But I feel like that, like that's pretty – like that hits on a lot of stuff. Like that's a really heavy scene. Or it, it is pretty heavy. Funny. Yeah, it, it is pretty heavy. Moment. No, it didn't. Well, I think that they then they then go even further. So in the next scene, uh, Willard he again another voiceover. He has to. He feels like he has to make a sacrifice. So uh, he kills Arvin's dog, and um, yeah, and you know that's messed up. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and but the, yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work, and she still dies. Uh, so I'm trying to think, wasn't there a scene where he crucified the dog? Did yes. that happen? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, like, he crucified up the, the dog. dog. Yeah, it, they the don't same. show you, they don't show it like him hanging it up or anything, but like you see it for a split yeah. second. You're like, he crucified, oh. <laughs> he crucified the dog the same way he saw that Marine or whoever that soldier. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is, again, like, yeah, this, 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 the, yeah, it's just these things, stuff. These, yeah. these things coming up again. Yeah, the mm-hmm. things that like these affect these characters that like they can't let go of. Yeah. Um, 
but it doesn't work. And so, you know, uh, Willard decides to commit suicide. Um, so he's dead. And then we meet the sheriff and the sheriff is Lee Bodek Bodecker. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So again, like I said, so another thing, the thing that's floated now is we know there's these serial killers. This is going to come up soon. So Lee Bodecker is, is the brother of the woman who marries the, the serial killer guy. And, but we don't know that until like way later. We don't that. know that until way later. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't know that until yeah, way later. But that is important context to know. Yeah. Um, and so then Lee is the one who is the first person there to see Arvin and his his suicide dad. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we get a flashback. So now, yeah. <laughs> so now years earlier, so Roy Roy Lafferty he got bit by a spider, and so he had some outbreak. And so he spends a fortnight in locked in a closet, praying to God, trying to find some connection with God. With spider venom in his brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then um, they're going to go on some trip. That's what Roy tells her. So Roy and the brother and Helen, they're going to go on this trip. Helen leaves their child with um, Willard's mother yep. and uncle. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I guess it's Willard's brother. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Willard's brother. Because it's Arvin's, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I know. No, I know. no, 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 no. Because there's no, because there's a scene with Willard and Uncle whatever, and he calls him Uncle. So like, I don't think it's anyone's uncle. And when he gives him the Luger in the beginning of the movie, he calls him Uncle. What, what is his name? Uncle. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, don't know, I don't think he's anyone's uncle. He's, he's just, just a, like, guy. a guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's just a guy. Yeah, that's yeah. probably true. <laughs> but yeah, like. Yeah. Anyway, very confusing. Um, so they leave the child with with them. Mm -hmm. Um, so Roy, they go to the middle of nowhere and Roy believe, like, again, voiceover tells us Roy believes that he's like a prophet or some shit. So he fucking kills Helen, mm -hmm. stabs her with a screwdriver mm -hmm. in the throat and she dies out there in the woods and he tries to resurrect her. Yeah. He tries, Roy tries to resurrect her. Of course he fails. Mm -hmm. And so then he freaks out. So this is the moment where he has that, that, pause where he he he's like oh shit i was wrong yeah and the, so him and the brother go on the run so this was like a moment where he realizes he's not he's not what he thinks he is he does not have the connection with god he thinks he has he's committed murder and now he is faced with what to do about it yeah well and, and if he would have gone on a little bit longer um that that would have been interesting to see i guess but that what i was saying is that like he's convicted throughout his character arc until the very end, pretty much as opposed to the other guy who was like not convicted for one second from when we meet him, you know, in his faith. That's what I was trying to get at is that this guy is 100% convicted all the way through until he makes this mistake. And then that mistake ruins him like immediately. Sure. So you mean, whatever. you mean like, like he's depicted in a negative light? No, no, no. He's just depicted as the guy who has um, genuine, but misguided faith as opposed to the guy who has not genuine faith and is just a piece of shit, you know, all the way through. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He, he's, yeah, he's definitely like, we, we, we have a negative suspicion about him mm -hmm. because he is a caricature for sure. Um, although I think this stuff where he has these moments, there is a bit more to the character because, so they go on the run and at some point he basically, 
like he's he him and his brother are deciding what to do. So his brother's like, you know, you just you got to go on the run, man. We got to just get the hell out of here. And he, <clears throat> uh, Roy basically can't do it. And so he he I I'm pretty sure he tries to go back to town in order to pretty much I guess you know um, so surrender. Or something? Yeah. Yeah, and say like, hey, I did it. I'm sorry. You know, God. Mm-hmm. God told me to do it, but mm-hmm. it didn't work out. And in a, you know, a interesting turn of fate, um, he runs into Carl and Sandy Henderson, yeah, who are the serial killers. And I believe this is their first murder. I believe so. I think I'm not sure. Well, I don't know. I think so. Um, and so yeah, so they they pick him up and they like so Carl is in some weird like cuck fetish shit like he's like oh yeah go go have sex with my wife and like mm-hmm. you know yo, t- i'm gonna take some pictures take some of you pictures. guys yeah. yeah yeah and so that's the thing take pictures get have do these weird positions with my wife and then I shoot you in the head um so roy refuses oh, to do it yeah, there, we, yeah we see some some shots of some guys later on that like they don't just kill them they they maim them and mutilate them sometimes you know yeah it's some bad stuff um yeah. so yeah like Carl uh, blows Roy's freaking head off and he dies. Well, because Roy won't do it. Roy won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's still convicted in his faith. <laughs> good for him. Yeah. Good, yeah. This was guy. like, this was like, again, the, the turn where we understand that he's, he's misplaced and misguided, but he is genuine. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. That there's good preachers faith. and there's bad preachers. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, the false prophet stuff like that's, that's a bit that's a bit bridge too far probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think underneath all of this the author is trying to say that there, there's just like there's subtle undertones in the story of just like I think like religions not like I I can't sure. think of anything that's redeemable about religion the way that it's depicted in this movie other than some of the family stuff other than like the family unit and the values there um the, or the values that it brings to keeping people together that way. Uh, because other than that, like it's it's incredibly condemning. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I think it is. I think it is pretty condemning. Um, I think the religious. So I I almost think that what a lot of what it does is it shows that religion has a lot of power and it has a lot of power for these different people for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is like there's a lot of people that get preyed upon because they need they have a need a spiritual need. Yeah. And I don't think it really condemns the people who have the need, but it definitely condemns the people who take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's at least what I see. Um, and it's almost like that's the tragedy of it is that we meet all these characters who are put into these pretty bad situations be for, for no fault of their own. And religion is this thing that, that gives them some type of solace, but because there are these people that are misguided or predators they get taken advantage of. Yeah. I mean, in a way, I mean, it, yeah, it corrupts enough people to where it ruins everybody else's life. Who's just trying to follow the the path, I guess. Yeah. But I don't think it, I don't think it condemns the believers, all of them. It just, no, 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 sort no of... not, not, not the believers. No, no, no. But just, I think the idea of it in, in, in as a whole, it's just saying that it can be corrupted and it will always be corrupted. Um, you know? Yeah. Probably. So it's, it's kind of a downer in that sense. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a downer for sure. Um, yeah. Although you know the question is in the end, does does justice get served? But you know, 
It doesn't <laughs> matter. Thou shall not kill. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So um, then we go forward again. So Arvin is going to go to live with his grandmother. And Lenora was the daughter of uh, Roy Helen. and Helen. Mm-hmm. So now they're living together. They're both orphans. And so this mm-hmm. is sort of like the culmination of this part of the story arc. Right. Yeah. We now have these two people that are together who have been orphaned from their family because basically, yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. And this was the thing that to me really works is like, they were almost fated. So they become brother and sister, but it's almost like the, the story is telling us they were fated to be brother and sister. But in this version of the universe, it's in a fucked up way <laughs> because there could have been a world where Helen and Willard were together and a lot of this shit doesn't happen, mm-hmm. but they become sort of uh, orphaned brother and sister because some some people, their parents made wrong choices that are not even, you know, it's not their fault. It's just their parents, you know, his dad wanted to marry Charlotte, who had, who gets who's going to get cancer and die. Nothing they can do about that. And her, her, her mother, who has no family, needs some kind of religious thing. And guess what? She meets this fucking crazy guy, Roy. There is something they could have done about that. Follow God's plan. <laughs> it's true. Maybe grandma should have told Willard, maybe, hey, yeah, you got to marry her. Grandma, Grandma's like the, the, the most correct character in this whole story. She is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, she's the one who skates out of this, but, she, but you know, there's a lot of mess up things that happen. Right. I mean, her. she skates out of it, but like her clan is, her entire clan is ruined. Yeah, it's ruined. Totally yeah. ruined. So then we flash forward again to 1965. Uh, it's Arvin's birthday, and his mm-hmm. uncle gives him the German Luger that his dad gave. Well, the uncle, whoever the hell right. this guy is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they call him uncle, but I don't know who the fuck this guy is. <laughs> Whoever this guy is. Anyway, so um, he gives him the Luger, and of course, right, Chekhov's gun. Yeah, lay cycle of violence continues. Chekhov's gun. Who's going to get yeah. killed with this gun is the question, yeah. right? Right. Or how many? Um, so yeah, and then there's like a whole bunch of more exposition, Arvin and, and, uh, Lenora, Lenora like is picked on by these fucking dicks at school for some reason. Right. And then we get to see him go and kick those guys' asses in the same way that his daddy kicked the asses yeah. of the guys. Um, he, he finds them one by one. He just beats the shit out of them. Yeah. It's yeah, pretty yeah. satisfying. Puts a bag over the head. They put a bag over Lenora's head. So he puts a bag over their head. It was pretty satisfying. Yeah. 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 And again, so they and this is again the thing that the film does really well showing us how the um the characters so lenora and um arvin are just like their parents they may mm-hmm. not know it but lenora's like her mother and arvin's like her dad like his dad yeah and so we see lenora she prays at her mother's grave like often mm-hmm. um and we can see that she has the same religious tendencies that her mom did and what I thought was so because they, because because we know that without needing to say anything, we immediately think she's going to have the same weakness too. She's going to be just as susceptible to the type of predatory um, religious figures as her mother was. And then Robert Pattinson shows up, mm-hmm. new pastor in town, young charismatic guy. His name's Pastor T Garden, Preston T Garden. Yep, and you know. We we can see it coming a mile away. You're right. Yeah. Right. Like we know this guy. He's bad news. Yeah. And him and Lenora are going to get into some kind of bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. 
so at some point, so yeah, Arvin does all the the revenge on the the bullies, and Lenora then has a private meeting with Preston, and you know this is where it plays out exactly what we thought was going to happen, right? Right. Yeah. Like immediately and with no pause, the guy just like turns into his like predator mode, and he uh, he he does some uh, he. I don't know. I don't know if you could say he he corrupts her. I don't think that's the case. He's just like he's a fucking snake in the grass, you know. And so yeah, he's a fucking snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. anyway, yeah. He he. So he starts preying upon Lenora. He starts basically. He he tells her like you know, um, you gotta you you know you gotta come to God as He made you. You know you gotta be naked. And she's like, I gotta be naked. And he's like, Yeah, you gotta be naked. And so he he takes advantage of her in that way. And uh, we find out that this is repeated. Like uh, she goes to you know because she's always going to her mother's grave and she has these like repeat meetings with this pastor. However, Lenora is not a hundred percent like sold on it because at some point she does begin to question it. Yes. And she goes to him and because um, like while he's spitting all of this bullshit, he's like, well, <laughs> you don't remember like the thing that we did? And he's like, I, well, I don't know what you're talking about is God's plan. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, kind of <laughs> so um, I, I mean, I, I believe that's how it plays out is that she's she has these questions about these encounters and he's yeah. basically like unable to answer them and just tells her to go away. Well, what happens is that she becomes pregnant. And she's like, I, right. I haven't had sex with anyone else other than you. He's like, oh, I couldn't have done it. Blah, blah, blah. You're crazy. You're crazy. You know, this is his shtick, right? Yeah. Because he's he's just like, he just finds the weak ones and he just preys on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that sends her spiraling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that, that sort of, and then that story arc gets sort of resolved later, tragically. Um, so then... Let me see what else happened. Yeah, so then we get some some more stuff with Lee the sheriff. So when mm-hmm. we first met him, he was trying to become sheriff. He has now been elected sheriff, mm-hmm. and the town is corrupt. Um, there's this bar in town that has like prostitutes or whatever stuff like that. There's some kind of head honcho guys that he yeah sort of has a kowtow to in order to stay sheriff, and he sort of bends the knee to them. Yeah, a couple times, and so you know, again, they're sort of. This is another thing that we're set. They're setting up with him. I think this is the point. Isn't this a point where we learn that Sandy and him are brother and sister? Just I think. About, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was a little before this um, because he goes to visit her. Um, yeah. And yep. she, you know, that that it's done in that expositiony film way of like, ah, oh, how you doing, little sister? Like, okay, cool. Now we know. <laughs> and then she replies, little. You know, she she replies, big brother, and that's like, okay. So this yeah. is real. Yeah, uh, thank you, movie. Thank you, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah I almost yeah, yeah. feel like that would that would be better if that was just fucking done with voiceover. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's funny, right? If they just picked and chose different yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. Because the whole point of that scene, the 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 thing that really mattered was that he then gets keyed onto the fact that him and uh, the husband and her are into some weird shit. He, she yeah. drops a photo. He takes yeah. the photo and he's like, he thinks it's prostitution, but yeah, um, which is, which it is. Cause she's also a prostitute turns out um, that, which is why he goes back to that bar. Uh, and yeah. basically the, 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 the mob guy tells him like, listen, you can't go to, you can't fuck around with my businesses cause these are my businesses and you want to be sheriff. Right. Kind of a thing. So. Yeah. That guy, like, and I forget the guy's name, but uh, he's, he's like, he's like, um, the actor, like, like this guy's like all star, 
of uh, character actor. <laughs> like he's been character actor in so many movies. Um, oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's no, he's I, a, I, I believe you. I just don't remember. Yeah, he's. I mean, last year he was in uh, like three big movies too. He was in uh, the Will Smith movie that bombed. <laughs> uh, whatever that one with Will Smith versus Baby Will Smith. He was in that movie. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of movies. So yeah, he's like, he's like, again, the cast is great in this movie. Um, oh yeah, yeah. The cast is really good. So yeah, and then later on, so we see <clears throat> Sandy meet with with Lee. And then we see the Hendersons do another killing. And so they pick up this guy who's like a, an army private and they go and, you know, we see them do their thing. They take him out there. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, yeah, let's take some pictures, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, next thing he's dead. And then we get a whole bunch of expositionary voiceover that explains why why Carl does this stuff. Carl says, oh, well, well, the voiceover says it's the only way he can feel like he's in the presence of God. And yeah. so, right. <laughs> uh, okay. yeah, again, again, more of the religious stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, painting <laughs> another think, false prophet. <laughs> I think the reason I think the reason this is driving me so insane or this movie drove me insane is that there's so much to talk about with all of these religious subtexts and the movie just doesn't have time for it. It just does not have time to, to really explore to any of these characters. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my main problem is that it's like it, it gets brought up and then the plot has to keep moving kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah it's, totally. It's, it's, and, and it's funny because I think I said what when we were talking about the Charlie Kaufman movie, I said like that is not a plot driven movie and that requires you to do a lot of work on your own. This movie's the exact opposite of that, but it has so much subtext to let you do the work on your own. It just doesn't let you do any of the work on your own. It just says, this is what this character's feeling. This is why they are the way they are. This is the shit that happens to them. And that, you know, dry and cut. So for me, I didn't like that at all. Yeah. 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 It's definitely, it's definitely a weakness of the film. Because yeah. you're right, it, the, the the text is so there. But There's how a much, lot there. But how much is that the film's fault? Because I, I think it's directed incredibly. Like I think that for how much story they had to get through, they did a, a admirable job. I think. I it's, I don't think it's their fault 100. percent I just think they chose material that is just way too much for one movie or a movie that's not you know three three or four hours yeah you know i was thinking like if you did a three hour kind of movie maybe if, we could get all of it maybe if they did a mini series of this it could yeah. have been really really cool yeah for sure um i don't know the material feels i i feel like this this is like a really good case to be made for like what is what is the what is adaptation in film Mm. because this is really one where I feel like <clears throat> like I wouldn't have chosen this to, to I wouldn't have chosen to adapt this even if I was a all the way from the top to like the bottom if I was a producer or if I was like a, a like a filmmaker I wouldn't have chosen to, to tackle this I think I think that I think that the movie does a good job with some stuff it does but I, does. I think I think you gotta you gotta go deeper into getting into the stuff that makes film work as a medium that other right. mediums don't. Right. right. And it, this yeah. film sort of undersells a lot of those strengths that mm -hmm. film has as a medium and yeah. it, it needed to be adapted better. I think. Yeah. That's a There's good a, way. Good way to say it. Yeah. I think that's where the biggest failures of this film are where they lie is that 
it tried it, it was too novelistic and not enough um right you know of a film really because yeah. if you think about things like if you think about in a novel like one chapter could have been that first story arc or one or two chapters right mm-hmm. and in a novel that's fine you read the chapter and then okay now arvin and lenora are older yeah yeah cool. well in, it, film, it, in novels you know, they do that a lot in novels yeah. you know you, you can spend the first third of it reading about other characters because the second you know the, the the rest of the novels about other characters and other characters like that makes sense um but again like it's it the, they put Tom Holland all over this thing, right? Because they're they're using yeah. him to promote this movie, and he's not in the movie until about I think it's like fifty minutes or an hour into the movie, <laughs> yeah, which is fine. Sure. But like it just it just tells you what kind of a film this is, and you could argue like people might argue that it's a slow burn or it's like boring or whatever. I don't think it is. I don't think it is at all. I think it's just trying to get through all this stuff so that it makes even like one percent of sense by the time you get yeah. to the characters you're, you're trying to get to. I mean, there's a lot of conflict. Like, I can feel, mm-hmm. I felt like I could feel the conflict all the time. Just, you know, and, and the, you know, the film makes you anticipate these connections because you know, yeah, everyone's coming together at some point, right? Yeah. All these different things are going to, to cross over. And I think it does a good job of like making us anticipate, making us foreshadow, making us see the connections, making us see the themes. Like, yeah. I feel like this theme, this film thematically, it's just, it's just, like there's some films that struggle, I think, with theme. This film yeah. is not at all. It's no, there. It's strong. Big it's time. very yeah. strong. Yeah. But yeah, there there's definitely the adaptations. The adaptation of this this piece of work was not strong enough. I think I think that's where a lot of the problems lie. Mm-hmm. Um. So so continuing with the plot. So then um we pick up. So Lenora had told Pres- Preston the the preacher that she was pregnant from him. Um. And he's just like nope. It's not me. You're crazy. And he just starts. Then we get the scene where he's like preaching about, you know, oh, there are all these people and they're crazy and they're making stuff up, blah, 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 covering his ass, basically. Right. And then I think this was the best piece of uh, voiceover in this whole film. So we see Lenora is about to commit suicide. Oh, so, so tragic. Yeah. Yeah. And so then the voiceover tells us like she's she's like. She's like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it. And then um, she hesitates for a second and then she realizes it'll be okay. I don't wanna kill myself. And then she slips and dies anyway. Mm-hmm. And it and that I thought that was like really, really, really well done. That yeah. was something that we we you could probably direct it in a way where we understood it, but that got us right to that point so efficiently that I thought that it was very effective. Yeah. And it's something that we <laughs> We know we know explicitly that nobody else in the entire movie ever for the rest of their lives are going to know ever yeah. under any circumstance. Um, yes, for sure. For a fact, like people can speculate about it. But the fact that the movie told us outright like this is this is what she was thinking for sure, I think is 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 adds to that tragedy. Because yeah. I believe like if he, like there is a way to direct it in that like she does there turn is. it and it is obvious. But I think it's. I think it actually works better as a voiceover uh, in this particular case, especially because you're able to keep the shock value. It's yeah, exactly. it'll happen so quickly where you're just yeah. like, boom, she's dead, and you're like, no, yeah, 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 and it's just a powerful moment because yeah. again, it's like we keep seeing. So her mom had a tragic ending of her life, and then we see her daughter have a tragic ending of her life, mm-hmm. and it's basically for similar reasons. Yeah, and it's it just 
again, thematically, it's just so powerful and it works so well that when this film was working, like it's it's pumping on all cylinders. Like the yeah. the material is really strong. The material is really strong. Um, and of course, you know, this Arvin is just like messed up by it. Um, yeah. I don't know if this gets brought up in the film. It might. But another sort of tragic thing is like, you know, the way that the church teaches stuff for people who commit suicide, like there's no salvation for you. Oh, that's thank you for bringing that up. I forgot about that. That was another one of those moments that uh, resonated with me having background of like a lot of like knowing how you're supposed to knowing the thought process of religious people basically is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. um, that is a that is a real thing that like yeah. uh, the suicide equals you go to hell automatically. Like there's no way yes. out of it. Yes. And that's that was what was so powerful about that because we know as the audience we know that it was an accident. And I believe the narration goes back and says that again, which sucked a little bit, sucked yeah. it for me because he says it like, "Oh, she changed her mind," and then later he the narration straight up says like, "They're never gonna know that she changed her mind. She's yeah. gonna go to hell in their minds." Like, all right, you, you suck the, all of the power out of that moment for me. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. but that is true. Like the, the those people believe. Like it's so real to them as like a seven, like you know that there's a Seven Eleven down the street and you believe that they know that she's gonna go to hell. Like they know that it, in yeah. their being, and so that it was that was really tragic. Yeah, yeah, and that's so tragic because like she's a genuinely religious person who right. this this meant something to her, and the fact that she can't get any real spiritual um, resolution in her afterlife from from pe from people it's 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 another tragedy on top of it and yeah it's just it, it's just like that whole moment is so good yeah um so powerful um and so then later uh this police officer tells arvin that she was pregnant mm -hmm. and he's you know again blown away by it um so i forget exactly how it comes up but at some point i think arvin basically he suspects Preston and then he starts trailing. At some point he starts following we Preston. Don't, but we don't see him, but we don't see him follow him. Right. We don't, but we get these very POVs shots. Yeah. Yeah. That confused the hell out of me. That confused the <laughs> shit out of me. It's, I thought it was incredibly poorly done because what, it, what it okay. does is we're told. So Arvin gets this information and then we get some disconnected, like very voyeuristic shots of Preston get he gets blown by someone. <laughs> we we're not we don't know it's his well, wife. Okay, it could be, so okay, it's it, yes, it's framed in a way that it's in his house and whatever. Yeah. But like, I didn't fucking get it. I didn't. That's <laughs> a shit way to do it. It's a shit way to do it because ten minutes later, when they have the confrontation, and Arvin is tell I, I, again like. When you talk, when you say it out loud, it makes sense because Arvin is basically telling the story of what we just saw, and we find out, oh, Arvin's been the one trailing him. But I think it disconnected those shots, those scenes of Preston doing his stuff, made no sense to me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little disjointed. I it made it it connected to me because I look again. This film, like you can see everything coming. I think yes, yes, and so, but I think that's good because that's. It, this whole the whole film is serving the theme and so the plot stuff us knowing it i don't think it totally matters because it wants us to know it because it's like it's like see this this is this is the it, it it's it's reinforcing its theme and it's and the fact that we know it we know it because we know 
what happened with Arvin's dad and we saw him get the gun. And so, yeah. and then, and then there was like the first time Arvin sees Preston and they um, go to the church with him. He doesn't like Preston at all from the jump. And again, we all feel it coming. He's going to yeah. kill him. He's going to kill him. That, and yeah. so that's why to me, I was like, I, I knew it was him trailing him. I knew that was his point of view watching him. Okay. And it was just him needing to confirm like, putting the pieces together. Oh, this guy is bad. He's a predator. And I have to do this. I have to kill him. I have to get revenge. So in my I, didn't, mind, at least. I, I didn't see it that way. And I'll tell you why it's because this movie put me in the plot, follow mode, follow the plot, follow the plot, follow the plot, follow the plot. And then we get something where it tries to be a film for about five minutes where it tries to do something a little out of order or it just uh, out of the, the, the very traditional mode of like shot of Arvin reverse shot of what he's looking at. It tries to do something different for five minutes and it threw me completely off because, and I mean, obviously from that moment, like when he gets that information, you know, these guys are going to, these guys are going to show down. Like these guys are going to meet. I just don't think that it connected well uh, to me, it wasn't obvious. Yeah. It wasn't obvious because, again, this movie put me out of the – let me think about the the themes of this. And it put me more into what's the next piece of information I have to know. And so them just showing me these shots of, of this guy, granted, they were framed in a way where they were, you know, like they were trying to show you like this is him in his house and this is him back, you know, with another girl. And this is that like I thought it was just more character stuff for, for Pattinson. But then it turns out this was all like supposed to be POV of this other guy did not work for me. Zero (laughs) percent worked for me. Not at all. Yeah, Yeah. I feel I feel like this this film for sure. It's definitely one of those kind of love it or hate it. And it could be it could be that didn't make sense to me, but it made sense to somebody else. But something else previously in the movie didn't make sense to them. I just feel like there's a lot of those road bumps this movie has. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of moments where, you know, they don't totally pull it off. Yeah. And and there's a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, if you – I feel like if you connect with the theme, if you connect with – the overarching stuff that they're the, the the ethos that he's trying to get across. I just thought like it was them. so obvious from the very beginning. Like religious corrupts, people are shit. Okay, mm-hmm. what's the what's the rest of the two hours going to be about? Like to me, <laughs> the theme, honestly, the theme connected or connected. You could argue it didn't, but like I understood what it was about from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. just uh, the, the 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 I was just interested in the plot from that point, basically. Yeah, yeah. And we sure. we do get the plot. So what happens? Um, so uh, Arvin steps into the church and he talks to you like, preacher, I, you know, I've sinned. I, I've done some shit. And then he basically retells this series of shots that we just saw as uh, Arvin saying that this is the stuff that he was doing as a way to like reveal all of the stuff about the preacher to the preacher, which I thought was a pretty cool way when it comes to like doing revenge. That's a pretty cool way to get revenge on someone, right? You go in yeah. under the guise of like, oh man, I've done some shit. Like, ah, oh, yeah, tell me yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, and then yeah. you give the guy the shit, you know, yeah. and he's like uncomfortable. You feed him like, his shit. Like, can I be forgiven for this? Yeah. He gets like all squirmy about it. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was a really good, cause like at first he's like just thinking and just shooting him in the head. And killing right, him right uh but then he he has this hesitation and then he you know relays this stuff and then yeah he he blows him away he does it he kills him mm-hmm. and then he goes on the run 
and he gets in his and he gets <laughs> and he gets in his car. What's gonna he's happen? He's on the road, and we <laughs> immediately know. We know what's gonna happen. We you know, right? We know what's gonna happen. Yeah. But you know, that was I don't know. For me, that was satisfying. Because oh, sure. now sure. at this point, I'm I'm the way what I'm thinking about now is that there's a whole bunch of threads of people, and this is another thing that for me there's sort of a thematic element, is like, is there justice in this world? Right? Is what he did really wrong? Is what Arvin did really wrong, or is it a just killing? That's a questionable thing. And so for me, I was thinking, okay, I think that the, the film's going to answer that question in the next series of events that's going to happen. So now we know that Arvin is mm. set, setting himself up into a trap. They, the, the, the Hendersons pick him up. We know what's going to happen. They're going to try and kill him. Uh, Arvin spots Carl's gun. And so now there's like, you know, there's an even more heightened tension because now he knows that he's in danger and he's going to kind of make a move. And, um, yeah, at some point they stop and then, you know, they, they basically get into a shootout. Uh, Arvin shoots and kills Carl and then Sandy pulls a gun on him and they both pull the gun, the trigger at the same time. Mm -hmm. And we see, we first, we just see Sandy die. We see her get shot and she's dying. And then the film <laughs> does like a flashback and a voiceover. The voiceover tells us that Carl, oh. uh, put blanks in Sandy's gun. And I so didn't, then I didn't need to know that voiceover. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> well, you know, I actually like think you, that, you, like you that do one's slightly don't. just, that one is slightly yeah. justified because then you would think it's some kind of Pulp Fiction shit, right? It's like, yeah. why didn't you die? Yeah. But you know, that, that might be even better. Cause then it's like, did God intervene? Right. We would have, if we, if we just saw that happen, it's we a, have it's, no idea. It's we a choice. No idea. It's a it's a choice because at any other point during the Carl Sandy storyline, they could have just had two or three shots in there showing that he replaces her bullets. Right. It's just a, it's just the way that they chose to do it through, yes. the, through the flashback and the voiceover. That's yes. just like a little a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. They could have just had we see them go out. We cross cut or something. We see them go out. They go on yeah. the road. Yeah. Before that, he switches the bullets. We see yeah. them find Arvin. They pick up Arvin, um, but yeah. you know we know that they're blanks. I think it would probably be better if it just instead of blanks, it was just we see him unload the gun, mm. and then when she pulls the trigger, it's empty, right? Something, yeah. Yeah, but you know, again, this film it makes a lot of choices that are not. I don't know. Yeah, but it has not a great. lot of choices to make. So again, yeah. I'm not condemning this movie for any one reason or another, yeah. other than I just don't think it sticks the landing. <laughs> but again, for me, thematically, like this scene, sort of. What it tells me, at least, is that Arvin was justified in his actions, at least. Well, that's great, but that's just the story, isn't it? That's not the movie telling you that. That's just the story that they were doing. Uh, well, but the, but every story, like like that's a choice. Like he, they could have just both died there. They could have both died. I know, no, no, but I'm saying that's in the book. Like that's not. I'm not. I'm not ready to give the movie credit for explaining or or, or, or paying off this wonderful, amazing theme if it's not the story that they came up with, right? They're still well, I would disagree with that. I would okay. disagree with that. I think I think they're both pieces of text, and you have to sort of. I mean, you can't say, well, you know, right? It's like it's like, well, you know, in The Godfather, like I'm not going to give him credit for that scene in the <laughs> in the diner because it's in the book. I mean, both sure. both of them are affected, yeah. right? We have to we have to judge each one on its own merits. I think personally, yeah. So I, at least for me, that sort of worked because it's like it's like they're kind of pushing Arvin through the rest of these other characters that have 
had these, you know, again, and yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. Hendersons killed <laughs> Lenora's mom, which is why she was an orphan. And so again, all the, now it's unraveling all this stuff and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of resolving itself. All of the different threads are, are, are coming together and resolving themselves. And this is another way that we've resolved this thread of these fucked up people. And they sort of, I guess in the end, get their just desserts. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then Arvin continues to go on the run and then he hitches a ride and then he goes back to knock him stiff, to knock him <laughs> stiff, which is great. Great name for a town. Great fucking name. Yeah. yeah. Great fucking name. So he goes back to knock him stiff. He goes there. I forget why he went there, but it was some kind of, you know, I don't know. Make penance or something. Yeah, go back to you know the the place where his father and mother died, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and it's like he, he go back um, to the prayer log. I don't know the prayer log. Yeah, go back yeah. to the prayer log. Pretty much, I think that's the reason why. Yeah. Um, and Lee, the sheriff. So another thing that happened was Lee, the sheriff. He knocks off all the 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 criminal all the mob, all the mob people. Yeah, all the mob people. He knocks them off. Cool. He kills them. Kills yeah. them all. One guy blows him in the back of the head. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Godfather style mm-hmm. with the, with the, uh, wrapping <laughs> the right, towel yeah. around a gun. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Classic. And then the other guy, um, he's on the phone and he just blows him away. That was that. I think that was done they, when it comes to like the movie, making choices of how to like present some of these scenes. I thought that was a pretty well, like the, uh, when he walks into the, the room of the big boss, you know, and he's like, he doesn't know that he shot the other guy downstairs. Right. Cause he wrapped the pistol in the towel. Uh, so I, I thought it was cool. Like the way he turns around, he sees the gun, he sees the guy and he just says, Oh, and then, you know, we hear the gunshot. Like, Boom. That's, yep. Yeah. Good. That's pretty classic storytelling. <laughs> yep. Good stuff. Um, yeah. so then Lee, he, um, he finds the murder scene of the Hendersons and he goes there and he sort of has, this is again, another moment. He, he has a choice that he can make, right? He knows that they were into some nefarious stuff. He then goes to um, their house and he finds their uh, dark room with all the photos, mm-hmm. all the negatives of the photos uh, mm-hmm. that they took of torturing and killing and doing all this stuff. So he chooses, he chooses, he makes the choice to burn the stuff. And, um, and, and so he, he's basically doing the wrong thing in my, in my estimation. He could have just like sort of let it go. He could have just let Arvin go, but instead he buries the evidence and then he goes after Arvin. Yeah. And he tries to, I don't know, basically kill him. Right. Well, but he does that because of family ties. No. Is there any he other does. reason he, he does it? No, I don't think yeah. so. I don't think if so. If it was yeah. just some other rando person, no, probably not. Yeah. But yeah, I, again, this is sort of like how all these threads are coming together and like people are making these choices where, you know, in the car, Sandy could have. She didn't have to try and kill Arvin. She could have just walked away. Yeah. And even and this is enough fucking thing with this voiceover. The voiceover even said that she was thinking about walking she, away. Yep. That's what. Yeah, I know. I know. When you said that, I was like, wait a minute. Isn't that in the movie? It's because That's it was the, a voiceover. Yeah, they planted the, the idea in my head. The voiceover tells you she was thinking of walking away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, these things kind of for me, they work. But I could see how someone would be like, fucking movie. Don't tell me that. Yeah. Or don't tell me that like that, right? Because it, it makes like all these that. choices yeah. that are a little just dis- a lot of them hit a little bit too on the nose. Mm-hmm. But I think what they're trying to get at is that um, 
the it's almost like sort of fate is unraveling itself and they're giving people these opportunities to walk away from the mistakes that they've made. Sandy mm-hmm. could have walked away. She didn't. So she ended up dead. Yeah. Uh, Lee could have walked away and he didn't. And so he ends up in a, a confrontation with, with uh, Arvin, Arvin at his old ho- house. Arvin knows he's there because uh, we get a flashback to uh, a moment where the younger version of Arvin Lee picks him up and then he has, you know, like the quote of the movie, I forget exactly what he says, but he's like, some people are just born to get buried. Yeah. 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 And, that's exactly um, it. Yeah. And like, that's how he knows that he's there. And then they meet again and they get into a firefight and Arvin, Arvin kills him. Mm-hmm. Arvin kills Lee. And yeah, that's again, another, at, at this point, everything is unraveled, right? Mm-hmm. All the threats have kind of closed themselves. But Arvin is now he's on the run, basically. He's yeah. killed he's killed Lee, the sheriff. He's killed Sandy and uh Carl Henderson. He's killed Pre- Pre- uh Preston. Preston. Mm-hmm. He's killed all four of these people. Um all four of them kind of deserve it, but that doesn't mean that he's gonna get any the only real justice he's gotten is that he's gotten he's gotten back at all the people who have basically kind of fucked up his and the people he's he cares about their lives. But now he's he's got nowhere left to go. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then and then and that's cool. That's great. That's a great place to end it. And then uh, he gets in uh, he gets in a truck or something. He he hitchhikes and he gets in a truck with another guy. And uh, then the movie, the voiceover again, <laughs> plays over uh, a couple different scenarios of like what could be uh, up ahead on the road for Arvin. Uh, it's like, um, you know, he was thinking about maybe he could get married or whatever, start another family or and there's a couple different scenarios. I don't remember what they were, but the point was join the like, army or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's there's like a couple there's like two or three references to Vietnam throughout Vietnam. the movie. <laughs> so I feel like the, in the book, that might have been something that was like a, a looming presence a little bit more. Um, because well, I f- I f- it, I feel it like seems kind of fatalistic in that way that like it, Vietnam was going to come and get him mm-hmm. all anyways. <laughs> it felt it felt like another sort of thematic thing because again, there's another because voiceover. Yeah. Well, there there's another voiceover that talks about oh, Arvin didn't want to join the army because he didn't want to be like his dad, and it's sort of again, it's this juxtaposition where like these people are sort of fated to to sort of yeah go through the same well, stuff. He, he could get drafted, you know. He could get drafted. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's just sort of saying like, you can't really escape some of these things. Yeah. They're sort of deterministic and inescapable. Yeah. Um, and it's just sort of like saying these people, they exist in the same milieu all the time. And mm-hmm. these things keep recurring on top of them. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of it's not even their fault. It's not his fault that the Vietnam war is going on. Not his dad's exactly. fault that world war two is going on. So he has to fight and it fucked him up, you know? So, yeah, I mean, at least that was my sort of takeaway of the Vietnam war subtext. Yeah, but I mean, I, I just feel like that's that's fine. I just feel like that would have that's probably explored a little bit more in the in the book than in the a couple throwaway references to it in the in the movie. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And then you know, uh, it, I think it's good that it doesn't like it, it gives us a couple of these uh, scenarios outcomes and it doesn't choose one. It just lets kind of lets you think about it. I think that's probably yep. uh, for the best. I think it's it would have so- worked okay if the movie ended. Uh, after the confrontation, you know, and he was just like, he, yeah, or he hitchhikes yeah, yeah. and we don't see the, the flash forwards, you know, we just see him fall asleep in the truck. I think mm-hmm. that would have worked too, but, uh, it's a pretty solid way to end it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, it's, it's a very interesting ending because 
there's a voiceover and it's like, oh, he was falling asleep, but he was thinking of this and that. Yeah. And then goes to black. They they make some very interesting choices. I don't think all of them are right. I think yeah, a lot of them so. are wrong. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about our thoughts about the film overall. So what 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 was what was your overall feeling about the film when it was over? I just kind of thought, why? Why does it? Why? What's the point of this? I I, I don't think it, it didn't enrich me in any way, shape, or form. I I don't think it's a particularly. Um, I like that you read so much into it. I think that is interesting to me because that's yeah. more interesting to me than the movie was yeah. and all of its effects on me combined. Because I didn't, it did not do anything for me because the, all I saw was the caricatures. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't see deeper than that. And I don't, I can't tell if that's the story's fault or the movie's fault. I don't know. I pro- probably more the movie's I, fault. I think it's the movie's fault. Yeah, yeah, because I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't get into this story. <laughs> I couldn't penetrate that whole. Oh, these are backwoods people. These are backwoods people. These are backwoods people. Like, and the narrations constantly reinforcing yeah. that. Like, I couldn't penetrate to the soul of this movie. I just couldn't do it. Um, and I just thought, uh, just the way that it's told, you know, uh, it, this movie, I don't think it makes a lot of choices, but I don't think it does anything out of the ordinary for, for like a, a single second. I think it's just very par for the course. I think it's just kind of, you know, it's just like a. Like I think I said, my expectation going into it was just like it's not going to be high art and it's not going to be garbage. It's just going to be yeah. somewhere in the middle. And I think it, that's pretty much how it plays out. It's just uh, it feels like one of those I don't want to say run of the mill, but it feels like one of those Netflix movies that want to feel more important than they are. Like uh, like when they made The Highwaymen a couple of years ago, they're like, oh, we got these great actors, we got this great director, we're gonna like do the story about you know Bonnie and Clyde, but from the law's perspective, or like do these kind of like period piece epics. Uh, and I think that was the intent of this movie, uh, maybe from like a marketing or like a cynical, a cynical uh, aspect. Because like, why would Netflix screen like this? Like, again, it just feels to me like I didn't need the story in my life. And after having seen it, it didn't do anything for me either. But as a movie, it it's fine. I think it's just yeah. fine. That's how it affected me. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I I definitely really like this film. I could I could feel what he was trying to do, like almost from the jump. Um, and yeah, this film is definitely more about theme and character than it is about plot. But it doesn't spend time with theme or character. It spends time with theme, but I don't think it spends time with character at all. Yeah, well, I think, so for me, at least a lot of the characters of, it was very obvious to me. It was almost like it directly, it was like directly implanting the stuff into your brain. Yeah. I understand, I understand who Arvin is from just even just the opening scenes with the stuff with the dad and i know where he's gonna go and i know what he's setting up i get it when when he gets handed the gun i know he's gonna kill somebody with it the question is who and then the pastor shows up and when and i know you know like with uh i forget the other girl the girl who lenora so when lenora i know that when lenora meets uh preston that Preston's gonna fuck her life up the question is just how bad and i know that then um, there's going to be a cycle of revenge and um, Arvin's going to have to kill him because yeah. of it. And so it's I get very, like, I like get all that stuff. Kind of a plot. Yeah. Right? I get yeah. all that stuff from the jump, but like, well, what interested me was like the, the answer to why it was happening. Right. What was the thematic reason? Why was it trying to tell us? And for me, it just, it felt like what it was trying to say thematically was that there are these sort of 
reoccurring um, things that happen because of where you're born, because of things you can't even control and because of religion. There's these people who prey upon people. And for me, that connected. Like, that made sense to me. That I got that, and I was like, I see where you're going, and I feel it. I, 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 think, I think there's some, some narrative truth to what you're trying to set, tell me here. I got that too. I th- everything you just said, the last maybe 30 seconds of what you just said, I got that from the jump as well. Um, my, prob- my question was, okay, and? Because it seems very obvious to me. I think everything this movie puts down is incredibly obvious. Down, not just from like the, the way that the plot progresses, but like the theme itself of like, yes, these people are born into certain situations. There are certain situations you can't escape from. There are cycles of, or patterns that you can't break for one reason or another, or that you could break, but you know, you, they're just reinforced so heavily by these other things. Okay, cool. And so what's, what's that yeah, for me? Like what, what, what's your answer to that kind of a what thing? What really makes this kind of work. And this is stuff that kind of came at the beginning that scene in the diner. And that scene is so interesting to me because mm. what I feel like is that they're presenting us this, it's like a splinter in time. Moment. You think, you think this is totally unimportant. Yeah. But at this moment, two people walk into a diner and that determines the outcome of the life yeah. of tons of people 30 years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would think that two people walk into a diner, four people meet, and now you've determined the life cycle of – well, so there's like four people die in this movie? Four people could have not died because yeah. – um, What's more because, than that? It's the lives that are ruined, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And because, like, what I'm, what I immediately thought was, what if, um, what's the guy's name? What if Carl met Charlotte instead? Right. Is think, are, are things totally different? Yeah. And so for me, like that, it, I almost feel like the film is is trying to tell me, like, that it's trying to tell me that it's trying to pr- transpose that, and it's transposing, like, you know, um, Arvin and and Lenora. They were always going to be brother and sister. But they, it happened in the most tragic way because of one small thing. Because yeah. Willard didn't want to marry Helen because he went to this fucking diner. Because he came, what if he didn't go to the diner? What if he just didn't go? Yeah, are things totally different then? And so for me, like that, that's where all of this kind of worked for me. That was another layer thematically that worked because I'm just like thinking, like, oh, I see all the threads. Mm-hmm, 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 I mm-hmm. see it, and I'm seeing how because this film does a lot of jumping in time. But you'll see that they keep these character threads pretty linear. Mm-hmm. If you follow the character thread, yeah. you can see yeah, they're I'll... like this person here, 100%. oh, and then this person here, and then they come yeah. together. Because yeah. it's all about how people connect together and yeah. how how these and the, and and the stuff the stuff about the the potential outcomes. That's something that's not given in the voiceover. That mm-hmm. I think is another theme that really worked for me. Where I'm like, I feel like this is where you're trying to get me to go. I wish, I wish, oh, I wish this movie would have made a different choice because that voiceover railroads you into only thinking, into only thinking about it one way, which is this deterministic, fatalistic kind of way, which is the way I thought about it, which is why I ended up being so jaded about the whole thing, which is like, no shit. Like, I understand your themes and your plot from the get go because the narrator told me that this is what's going to happen. And because, you know, these characters are such, um, I don't want to say they're not. I mean, they're not all caricatures, but they're they're very much like set up in a way that like their 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 actions are supposed to be obvious because of the forces at play. 
Um, and so to me, it was just like, this was always going to end up this way. And then what's your point kind of a thing. Uh, and I feel like if it wasn't railroaded so hard or if there was more time to look at the nuances of some of these things uh, or some of these forces, really, uh, it could have it could have made me think about it more. But the movie doesn't want you to think or rather, I think the executives or whoever saw the test screenings of this, the three hour version of this or I'm not saying that exists, but whoever <laughs> saw, you know, you can only wish. Who knows? Like who? I just that just seems to me like something that like somebody saw this and they said, "Yeah, pretty good." Add some voiceovers and we'll call it good, you know. And you can release this. I I, I don't know if or the voiceovers were a choice from the beginning. I don't know what it was. I, I just don't. I just think the movie railroads you into just thinking about like the outcomes and the outcomes, and it doesn't do enough to to let you kind of think about the whole. Um, I guess the reasons for for some of these things, or at least there, it didn't for me. There's a lot of railroading for sure. That was probably the stuff that is some of the worst parts of the film. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it, it hurts it. It did. It definitely hurts it. But it didn't. It didn't really turn me off because, like, it was almost like, okay, movie. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I get it. So shut up, movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, I could. But what I liked about the fact that they don't bring up the the the, the potential possibilities at the diner, because for me, that's what makes the film really, really interesting. Is this this is this like seeing how small choices people make mm -hmm. in their lives can have dramatically powerful effects on the outcomes of everything. I mean, that was another thing that I saw. I was like, oh my God, it's so interesting that they're, they're juxtaposing because there's a reason why he did that. There's a reason why the director juxtaposed the idea of the serial killer meeting someone and Willard meeting someone at the same diner at the same time, because that, that has to link them in some way by fate, because if, things were reversed. Everything in this film is different. Everything is different. And it just makes you think about all these little choices that have been made. I feel like the whole film is, and that's the first, basically the first scene in the film, everything in this whole film all comes from that one diner, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. I'm not a hundred percent sure if this is the case or not, but maybe I need to rewatch it, but that didn't feel like if that is the case, it didn't feel like they, if they wanted that to be the case, they should have put a little more emphasis on that scene to make me understand that that's what they were going for. Because there's there's not there's not a moment where in any scene I feel like where they're saying like this is really important. Pay attention to this more than a different scene. Well, I'm glad that they didn't say oh pay attention because that's like the sh the shitty filmmaking, right? Like they don't need to tell me. Well, I, I would I argue that the, re that. Uh, the rest of the right. film could be considered <laughs> shitty filmmaking because yeah. the rest of the film is telling you oh, it's, everything it's that's going on in much, everyone's head. There's way know? too much tell and not show, for sure. Yeah. But that was like the one time where, like, that's such a strong juxt juxtaposition that there sure. has to yeah. be some type of... But I don't think there's any, there's nothing about it that's, like, filmed in a certain way that, like, blew me away or anything or made me think that way. I just feel like that's just... that's That's a good story and that's a good moment that happens in that story and it just so happens to have been represented well in the movie as opposed to you know a million of the other things that are or are not i don't know i think basically yeah my my general thoughts of this is just for for me i was turned off instantly by the 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 way that the, the attitude of like these are what these people are like and you're not going to question it and that forced me or not forced me but it just made me not want to care about reading deeper into it basically is what it is and the movie i don't think makes any effort to force the viewer not for or like 
entice the viewer into thinking about anything deeper. Or I think that's just my opinion. I, it's probably my opinion. It just turned me yeah. off with the re- the religious stuff. Turned me off instantly because it feels like a caricature because it is. But there's and there and if that is the point, I I don't think that they they did a good job of like exploring why that is in the first place. They didn't tell me why these people are religious. They just told me that they are because they are and shut up. And that's, that is what it is, you know? So the, those two things, you know, the, the narration combined with the whole attitude of like the, these cycles repeat and, uh, and the religious stuff just turned me off and it just kept me from digging deeper, which I don't know if that's my fault or the movie's fault, but either way, I think it's the movie's fault. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah no this this movie for whatever reason definitely worked for me like uh, there was a lot of stuff that that i just really connected with like you know like the stuff with the with the the first pastor uh the guy from uh the guy from harry potter was it roy yeah yeah it was roy roy lafferty um yeah i i mean that stuff like like i feel like that guy that guy had more that guy had character and it's definitely a caricature. No, not and, to me. <laughs> not yeah, to me. It, it definitely, because, like, you know, there is that moment where he realizes he fucked up. And he kills her. And he has regret. He has regret right. over it. He realizes he fucked up because he actually killed someone. Anyone would realize they fucked up when they actually kill someone. Yeah. But, but the, the, so he, but he believes that he, that God is speaking to him. Mm-hmm. He believed that. Yeah. Genuinely. And then the illusion is broken for him for a moment and he wasn't and yeah. it's like no god is not speaking to you you are not a prophet yeah you are a false prophet and you committed murder but he is redeemed in the fact that he 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 do, he wants to say okay like i messed up i'm willing to you know um <laughs> i'm willing to sort of go back and sort of do my time fate had a different um fate had yeah. a different yeah. but for a reason right because Again, like I was saying, like he was like Lenora and Arvin were basically meant to be brother and sister. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, z- like just a lot of this stuff works for worked for me personally. Um, I, is the film perfect? No, the voiceover is terrible. A lot of it's terrible. There's that one moment that's good where Lenora sort of hesitates to commit suicide. That was good. Everything else is pretty much bad. Uh, I don't know. I mean, a lot of it just like I could see where it was going, but I felt like that was the point. The point isn't to like be smarter than the movie. The point was that you know where it's going, but why do you know? You know because you've seen these behaviors happen over and over again. But the I movie like- doesn't ask that question though. The movie itself doesn't ask why do you know? The movie just shows you what's happening. Well it doesn't it- that that's actually a question I don't the movie doesn't really need to ask me that because I I can ask it myself and I just I know. Okay, I get it. I get right. it. It's because it's because you engaged with it the entire time. I was just waiting for it to get to the point. Yeah. I was waiting for it to get to the point. You know, and I it, think this is the problem. Because, like, seemed, because my problem is that there's nothing special about this story. Yeah. I don't think there's anything special about this story. You can say that, yes, okay, there's all of these themes and all these that, but they seem so obvious to me that the movie didn't do any extra work into ex- like getting, maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a dumb brain, you know, but the movie <laughs> didn't do anything explicitly to get me to question, why is this so obvious to me? I just thought it was obvious and it was presented in an obvious way. And all I could think about was, God damn, this movie's obvious. When is it going to end? <laughs> and, or yeah. if it, or, or if it leads to something, what is it leading to? And then it yeah. didn't like, it didn't break out of that whole cycle of obviousness, which again, I'm sure is the point, but it didn't seem like it made its point in a, in a particularly um, 
nuanced way. Yeah, I feel like at the at the end of basically the first like story arc, uh, well, probably even uh, yeah, yeah, basically at the end of that, you're supposed to sort of know almost everything. And once there's the setup of the right. second story with Arvin and the new pastor coming to town, and Lenore is really religious, you know, okay, um, the pastor is going to take advantage of her. Arvin's going to get revenge, and then you kind of can sort of sense that there's these other threads with the Hendersons and Lee Boddicker are also going to resolve themselves. But I, I feel like that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the point. The point is not the plot. The point is the theme the movie, and the characters. The, yeah. The yeah. movie just works really, it works really hard to make you think that the point is the plot. Yeah. Just because no, the of the point, way it's presented. Yeah. 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 The point is definitely not the plot. I feel like you're supposed to, you're supposed to anticipate the plot and then contemplate why you're anticipating it. Yeah. And I feel like the point is that you're supposed to look at the world that these characters are in. And so we have this character Willard and then we see what he has like Willard and Arvin and all these people, they, they all just exist in the same universe. It's sort of inescapable. I, I Ar- Willard went to a war. Yeah. Arvin is like, like there's Vietnam is raging and he's, he's almost of military age. Is he going to fight in the war like his dad? He doesn't want to, but maybe he's just going to like his dad probably didn't want to fight in world war two either. Right. Look, I, 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 I get it. I just do. I do think that the there is some. This work got a lot needs, of problems. Got a there's, lot. Yeah, of there's problems. some work. Yeah, exactly. There's just some work that needed to be done as to to get the viewer a little more invested. Because when you railroad them with the voiceover and when you tell them, you know, the, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. I, I just couldn't break out of that mindset of like, why do I care about this story at all? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't really think it's not a bad story. Even like I, it's not a bad story at all. I just couldn't care as in the way that it was presented. Yeah. Yeah, No, I, I really, I can see if you, if you, (laughs) if you're watching this movie and you care about what's going to happen next in the plot, you're going to be very disappointed Yeah, for sure. Because the plot is pretty predictable because even, but even then like the, the, the world of those characters that didn't, it didn't really do much for me. It didn't like thinking about those things. I think about those things all the time. Again, I had a religious upbringing. This is very obvious shit to me. So maybe, maybe that's why it didn't connect with me because this was all like built into me already. Like I, this whole fatalistic kind of like, uh, yeah. deterministic cycles of, of actions of, or like patterns of, of, of existing. Like they, this all, like I get it. I lived it in some sense. Like, what 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 more is there to like it just didn't affect me i guess is is the, the yeah. Thing. yeah yeah i mean this 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 film is definitely has a very skewed response to it mm. um it the does, critical it response does. It does yeah it's very love it or hate it i feel like this is the kind of film and i think even people like i i i probably like this film more than more than average but even i am like there's a lot this movie gets wrong right but for me i don't think that a lot of that stuff matters because I can see, like, what I feel like he's trying mm-hmm. to do is mm-hmm. all theme, yeah, and it's all kind of character. And if he fucks up with the narration or the plot sucks, that doesn't really matter to me because I I can feel the theme from the jump, from like that that scene with the dude who's who's crucified, and he had to kill and he had to kill him, and it's like all of these all of these things are just kind of trickling down. And, can I be? Can I be honest with you? The yeah. scene where the guy gets crucified didn't do anything for me. I didn't think. I you thought know visually why. it was very cool. Vi- no, no, no. Visually, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, for the story, it like f- to inform that character. Okay, 
there's a lot of people who have trauma from World War II. What's your fucking point? That's how I felt <laughs> about the whole movie. No, it's it, it sucks. It's I don't know. Again, I cannot tell if it's the movie's fault or my fault for me not really caring about this stuff. Um, I think I think I don't think the movie does a lot of because I, I see, because you've seen that well. that's seen in a lot of other movies too, right? Like, oh, the 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 grizzled uh, veteran has a flashback to some horrible shit that happened to him in the war. Like that's you know that's a pretty um, that's a yeah, pretty, but like, normal again, thing. it's it's not. It's not specifically about what he saw, right? Because right. even he's he's not even the main protagonist in this film. It's Arvin. It's what did that do to him and what did that then cycle onto Arvin? I think right? my problem is that I just didn't care. Yeah, yeah. Because it was so obvious. It was so obvious. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that's the point, I think. I think the point is it's supposed to be obvious. And if that is the point... Personally then it's obvious but, but i think there is a deeper there is a deeper yeah. thing as well i think but yeah I, even for me the religious stuff i think worked too because i think there's a lot of they he depicts religious charlatans but then there's also people that have true faith like the grandmother and lenora and mm -hmm. helen and you know these things happen to them some of them are tragic some of them are like terrible or, or good or bad but i don't think it i don't think it condemns religion I think it says, you know, that it's it's almost like saying it's tragic that people who really believe are sort of taken advantage of by these yeah. predators. Yeah. Personally, yeah, yeah, yeah. to me, no, I least. don't think I don't think it condemns religion either. I thought like in the beginning, I thought that's where it was going, uh, but I don't think that's that's. I will give it credit for that. I don't think it's it's not like an overly negative view of it. It's just more of like a pessimistic view of human nature yeah. in general. I mean, the, the religious charlatans are a real thing. And, well, you know, yeah. like like they are ubiquitous in human history. The, yeah. the people and so who are serial killers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. That stuff there, worked for me. There's but anyway, bad apples everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've talked enough about the film. Sure, 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 sure. The last thing I wanted to, to talk about, we have to talk about the people's Southern accents. Yes, please. So, yes. so we got to talk about, we got to rank them. We got to rank these Southern accents, yes. man. Okay, okay, okay. okay. We have right. to do this. Let's go. You know, Let's do a it. A lot of these people are either British or Australian or not native. Uh, like Swedish. American. Yeah, Swedish. <laughs> right, yeah. Not backwoods. Yeehaw. You Kentucky know. or West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. oh, they, man. they ain't good old boys. So, oh Jesus Christ! Where do we begin? So I let's let's okay. let's let's do because there's a lot of people here. So let's just yeah. uh, let's stick to Bill Skarsgård, Tom mm -hmm. Holland, Robert Pattinson, Sebastian Stan, and Riley Cogue. So that was Sandy Henderson. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Jason Clark. Let's do those those people. So let's okay. stick to those six. Sure, sure, sure. So who do you think was the worst? Let's start there. Who who is the worst for you? Out of those six, um, we're not talking. Okay, sorry, I was thinking about a, a different set of characters. I was thinking about the preacher. I think he wasn't particularly great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The, the guy from Harry Potter. I don't know. Who do you think was worse? Because I didn't. I didn't consider like the 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 waitress. Like, um, uh, what's her face? Uh, Elvis's granddaughter. I didn't think she was bad. I, I think she was overdoing it a little bit. She thought really coach. Bad. She thought she was all right. I thought she was all right. It didn't. It didn't stick out to me. So, okay, so I, I feel like we can go two ways with this. So for me, I think I'm going to have to go with Tom Holland was the worst. 
think oh, I'm just yeah. gonna have to go there. Okay, okay, I'm fair. I'm just gonna have to go with with he's yeah. the worst. <laughs> you know what? He yeah, I agree with you. I you agree 100. percent Yeah, <laughs> I think he was the worst. You know, I, if you I know had what to, he was doing? Uh, I think he, he was just doing his Spider-Man voice, but <laughs> with a southern drawl. No, it is. It was just doing his Spider-Man voice. <laughs> was the whole movie <laughs> i think you're right <laughs> yeah because if you take away a little bit of that drawl it's just spider-man yeah it is <laughs> yeah because it's the one thing that he knows how to do <laughs> like i think his performance is good but his but his accent is just jesus yeah like, how do i do an american accent i'll just add a yeehaw to it <laughs> add a little yeehaw <laughs> like that's what it felt like. Yeah. To me, he was the worst. I think of those. Uh, I, I, but yeah, if we if we went yeah. with everyone, yeah, the Harry Harry Melling, the guy who played Roy, yeah, he's probably the worst. Yeah. But because like they gave him a fucking caricature of a character, right? They did. They gave him like the Lord will. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, he was oh, the worst. He was like the worst, worst. But yeah, after that, I think Tom Holland was pretty bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think he was pretty bad. Um, hmm. After that, I think I think there's a lot of people that, like you said, they do pretty well. I think. Um, I think, I think so. Maybe after that, Riley Coke would be the next one. Yeah, it was kind of not perfect. That's fair. Yeah. But okay, so what do you think of Robert Pattinson's? I think so. So, immediate, like the knee jerk reaction is to want to hate it and never hear it again. But mm-hmm. I, I think on it, it's like you, you could crucify me for this, but you already know how I feel about the film and how the film like doesn't necessarily commit to uh, any kind of choice. It just makes choices and moves on because the plot has to move on. Uh, I think Robert Pattinson made a fucking choice, and I admire the hell out of that. And I admire that they let him get away with it even more. Um, so it, I think it's terrible. I think you could argue it's the worst. It's by far the worst because he's doing a voice and he's trying to be, you know, slimy and creepy with it. But it worked for me. It worked for me yeah. because it's the only thing that injected. And again, it, this is my opinion, but I think it injected soul into this movie that was previously missing. So that's why I, I enjoyed it because this dude's a fucking artist and he just yeah. went for it. You there, know? There's a, I think I, I agree with you. Like on, like if, if we're going to like be objective, like if I am some person who's like, what are they, the voice coaches or whatever? Mm-hmm. If you're a voice coach, you listen to that, you're like, what the fuck was he doing, right? Correct. Yeah. But he's doing, he's creating a character. That's what yeah. he does. Yeah. And it's art. He's creating art. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And it's just That's like, why- but this is another thing that I kind of like respect about this movie is the the cast is amazing. And you got people like him. He's going for it. He is going for it. Right. Yeah. That's why he does these movies. He's like, I'm going to come up with something in my brain and it's coming out and I'm going yeah. with it. Yeah. 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 I, so I appreciated the hell out of that. Is it a bad accent or a good accent? I have no idea because like, I, I can't tell underneath the, that, that character he's created if it's good or bad. <laughs> I know it's like this character, this voice, then there's more characters exactly. layered. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> So yeah, I feel like he's he's right in the middle because he's, sure he has to the, be yeah the, <laughs> there's the, no correct answer is the accent good no but like the character you can almost kind of believe it because it's so it's so him you know yeah 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 <laughs> um so yeah I think you know after that I think Bill Skarsgård did a really good job actually I think he did Very a good job. good job 
Yeah. I actually think I think Sebastian Stan did a bad job, so I would put him under Robert Pattinson really? personally. Yeah, I just didn't really buy it. I didn't uh, really was, buy it. I think he was my favorite one. Okay, my favorite, my favorite one. I think Jason Clark did a really good job. I think him and Bill Skarsgård stood out to me as being yeah. good personally. Yeah. So those would be like my one and two. Yeah, no, Jason Clark's up there for sure. Like he's because he's not in the movie much, but he is so consistent. He's so good in in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, he's really um, strong in in a, in it. Yeah, like you said, he's not in it a lot, but he he's really strong. Really strong in this. And can we talk about for a second when we're while we're talking about actors, like a lot of the cast gained weight for this? Maybe really. I feels like okay. I so Sebastian Stan yeah. overtly, it's like they make a point to show you that he's gained weight for this, and you you better appreciate that. Like there's a point where he's like zipping up his leather yeah. jacket, and you like see his fucking beer belly. <laughs> And he's got like you know he's got a little bit of the uh, a little bit of this yeah going a little on the turkey neck chin yeah 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 so I feel like I don't know but I don't know if they did it for the movie or if it just happened to be that way but um, he ain't he ain't the fucking <laughs> Winter Soldier he ain't the Winter Soldier in this Jason Clark uh, was a little filled out for this again I don't know if that was just because of him or whatever uh, what's her name uh, Haley Reed I think the Charlotte or is it Charlotte. The, the wife? No, not Charlotte. Yes, Charlotte. Charlotte, 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 Charlotte. The wife. She was... H- Haley Bennett. Yeah. yeah Haley, Haley Bennett, yeah. To, to, like in her other movies where she's always playing the damsel in distress or some <laughs> kind of like supermodel. Um, she is not that in this. And I appreciated the hell out of that. Again, I don't know if that was just... It, it was happenstance. But I feel like a lot of the cast seemed to be a little filled out for this. Which yeah. was really cool. <laughs> I mean, that's another thing that, for me, I really appreciate about this film. The acting was on point. The acting was awesome. Man. The acting was yeah. really and, – and it's a fucking amazing cast. Yeah. And even the people that we're not really going to talk about a lot that do small parts are good too. Every, like the, yeah. the guy who is the gangster who's who's in every movie as a you, big character. Honestly, I mean, as much as we should talk Roy or I should talk Roy – he did a great job considering he was given like two lines of direction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Go over this bigger, bigger, yeah, right? Bigger. Exactly. And he did it and he fucking yeah. went for it. Yeah. I mean, and the guy who plays his brother just oh, seamless, yeah. seamless, yeah. right? Like you believe he is a Southerner. I don't know. I don't know who this guy is, if he is or isn't. But everyone is great in this. Like there's a, there's a moment um, with the uncle that I, we didn't talk about when, uh, uh, was it when Tom Holland like he when he leaves because he he leaves a letter for his grandma but then he talks to the uncle I think or uh, so so is this when he gets back to uh, uh, it's, it's, his hometown yeah it, no it's at oh, night it's before. okay he's talking, yeah he's talking to the uncle yeah, I don't I don't remember um, this maybe they're talking I think they might be talking about the gun or something but either way like either way like everyone's really solid in this yeah 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 even the bit players are very good yeah. Um, so that that's another strength of the film, but you know the, the world that it creates is 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 very consistent. Yeah, it's very good. Okay, so let's give our score. Oh, uh, for me, for me, this is a six out of ten. It's, okay, it's, it's and it's a six out of ten because it's still above average. Ha 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 ha. Ten point scale. No, but it's 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 again the acting is very good. The 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 locations, the world that it creates is really <laughs> solid. Uh, and I just think, unfortunately, it bit off a bit more than it could chew in terms of telling the story fully and not just, you know, I'm right. I, I, eh. I just think the execution is fine. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not ex- overly amazing. It's not going to change your life. It certainly didn't change my life. It could change your life. 
I don't know, but, <laughs> but, uh, it's not bad, but it's not great. So for me, it just, and it's not even like, sort of like for me, it's not like good, good. It's just kind of good. It's just yeah. kind of fine. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I really like this film. It, it, a lot of things work for me. I, I gave it an eight in the end. It's somewhere around seven and a half or eight, but I really liked mm -hmm. it. I just, mm -hmm. I felt the themes right away. The, I don't know. You know, it's kind of hard to really articulate why something works sometimes, right? Uh, it, it is, 100%. This feels like one of those, it's very hard to articulate because there's a lot of shit yeah. that's bad, okay? Yeah. The voiceover is bad. Yeah. The plot is super like, predictable. There's, there's a lot of, like, objective stuff you could point at, but, like, ultimately, if it makes you feel a certain way, then it works, right? Like, yeah, yeah it made me feel a certain way throughout, and I could just, like, feel the theme. Yeah. And it just made me think about that. Like, there's... Yeah, I watch a lot of films, and right. this film, from the jump, it made, like, that first scene, because I felt like I knew where it was going, that scene just had so much power mm -hmm. for me, because mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, I feel like I can totally see another outcome, but I know that I'm about to see a movie where a bunch of people get killed, and they get crossed up into some messed up shit, right. and it's just, like... It just—it felt like the thematic elements were so apparent and so strongly there and so well done that it just worked for me, mm -hmm. um, despite all of the flaws. And there's a lot of flaws, and the acting's good. The acting's really good. The acting is really good. If nothing yeah. else, you know, you you can go to see some of these actors just like turn in really strong performances. Yeah. 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 Totally. Okay. So yeah, that's our review for The Devil All the Time. Um, yeah. It's almost as long as the movie itself. You might as well yeah. uh, go check it out now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so let us know what you guys think. And um, hopefully we'll have another interesting episode for you guys next week. Not sure what the, what's going to be released, but we'll right. we'll find something, I th I'm pretty sure. What do you um, mean? We're coming up on award season. All of the movies are going to get released. Ah, yeah. Oh, wait. It's 2020. <laughs> yeah, it's 2020. Um, yeah. We, we might. So I, I, I think next week uh we could be able to do nomadland i th i think we might be able to do that next week which is getting a lot of buzz yes actually i know i know what you're talking about now yeah yeah I'm the curious. chloe the chloe zhao uh yeah. i forget the actress's name i forget too Ooh, i looked it up like very recently it's okay francis mcdermott yes thank you yeah the francis mcdermott chloe zhao a lot of buzz feels mm -hmm. like there's a lot of Oscar potential for this film. Great. So I think we could be able to review that next week. So yeah. Cool. Um, thanks a lot, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Take care. Have a good, have a good night.